Acts chapter 16, I'll begin reading tonight in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, which he probably should not have been doing, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. The part of this text that I want to bring to the forefront of your thinking to, excuse me, tonight is the part in verse 27 where it says, And would have killed himself. With the Lord's help, I want to do some teaching tonight on the subject of suicide. I have mentioned on and off uh, throughout the years some things about suicide um, and actually thought I had preached a message or taught a lesson on the subject, but searching through all of my uh, files on my computer, uh, it appears that I have not. And um, what brought this issue into view again for me was the recent celebrity suicides of people like Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. When I began to hear news of, <clears throat> of their suicides, and I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't followers of theirs. Obviously, I uh, never wore any Kate Spade or carried any Kate Spade or whatever you do with the stuff that she put her name on. Um, but when I began to hear of that, the Lord began to stir uh, in my heart and in my mind this subject of suicide. And, uh, but I don't want us to think tonight that suicide only happens once in a great while. Because the truth is, if you base your thoughts of suicide on, on what we hear on TV, then obviously they are few and far between. But the truth of the matter is, it happens in America 123 times every single day. 123 deaths by suicide in America every single day. Now, I don't know about you, but I never heard a thing about the other 122 people who took their own lives the same days that Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade took theirs. 
But rest assured tonight, there was no less pain, no less hurt, or heartache, or grief in the lives of those people's families. I'm talking about the other 122 families than there was in the lives of the families and friends of these celebrities. Just because we didn't hear about it doesn't mean it didn't matter to the families of those whose lives were taken. Besides the 123 people Besides the 103 people every day who succeed in ending their lives, 3,075 people attempt it. Did you hear that? 123 people a day succeed, 3,075 people attempt it. That's 25 attempted suicides for every one that is successful. Here in our text, this Philippian jailer was stopped before even getting to attempt suicide. And praise the Lord, if you read the rest of the story, he came to know Christ as his Savior. But I think the most looming question in the minds of people today, at least Christian people and people, I'll I'll say this, people who seem to be religious, I think the, the question that looms the largest in their minds is what happens to those who do succeed. Can someone who commits suicide go to heaven? And we're going to answer that question tonight. But let's begin here. What does the Bible say about suicide? First of all, the, the Bible never deals with suicide per se. In in other words, the Bible never says, thou shalt not commit suicide. The Bible does, however, teach us a great deal about the sanctity of life. By the way, I'll add this, all life whether it's in the womb or outside the womb. Genesis 1 states clearly that human beings are created in the image of God. And whatever else that may mean, it certainly establishes that human life is qualitatively different from all other forms of life. Dogs, as much as this pains me to say it, 
are not made in God's image. He's up out there. There may be one dog that is. But neither are goldfish or guinea pigs or spiders or rabbits. And we all know that cats aren't. We learn from Job 1 that life is a gift from God. When Job said the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, he was recognizing the fundamental truth that life itself comes down from God, is given by God as a gift. He alone gives, and He alone takes. And no one, no one has a right to interfere in that process. Then there's the issue of the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. We understand that to mean murder. Now, there's a difference between taking the life of a pheasant or a deer or an elk and taking the life of a human being because those animals were not made in the image and likeness of God. They were not made in the image of man. Pheasants are made in the image of pheasants. And deer of deer. And elk of elk. But men, mankind, is made in the image of God. So here's what I'll say tonight. Suicide is self-murder. I'm not standing in judgment tonight. I'm just telling you the truth. Suicide is self-murder. And therefore, it is a transgression of the sixth commandment. And I don't know if you're aware of this tonight, but the Bible offers six examples of suicide. We'll not turn and look at these, but I'll list them for you. There's Saul in 1 Samuel 31 who fell upon his own sword and killed himself. And then right after that, Saul's armor bearer did the very same thing in the same chapter. The next verse fell upon his own sword. A man by the name of Ahithophel. In 2 Samuel 17, hanged himself. Zimri, or Zimri, in 1 Kings chapter 16, burned his house down around him. And Judas, we're familiar with Judas in Matthew chapter 27. The Bible says that he went out and he hanged himself. Let me just say this real quick. Some would argue, and, and I would not argue with them, uh, if they choose to take a position different than what I'm going to present to you tonight, it's fine. But some would argue that Samson also committed suicide when he 
grabbed hold of, of the pillars of the building in which all of those Philistines were feasting and banqueting. If you remember the story, he, he tore down those pillars and thus that building came down upon all of those Philistines and upon Samson as well. And some would say, well, he, he killed himself. Personally, I, I tend to view it as more of a sacrifice of himself rather than an outright suicide. And again, I'm not going to argue with anybody if they take a different view of that. Uh, I, can, I can see both sides, but just knowing why he did it and the context in which he did it, to me it was more of a self-sacrifice. And then we read occasionally in the scriptures where some wanted to die. For example, Elijah. Remember that story when he was running from Jezebel and he got weary and he got tired and he got discouraged. And these were the words from the great prophet Elijah. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life. And he wanted to die. If you've ever read through the book of Job, you know that he made statements that sure make it sound as though he wished he were dead rather than alive. There's that, that one statement where, uh, where he bemoans the fact that he was ever born. I wish I was never born. So all of that is, is to say this tonight. The issue of suicide is not a new one by any means. But now for the question. Will suicide send a person to hell? There are some who argue that suicide is what we would call a mortal sin. That is a, a sin that leads to hell. Unless it is confessed and forgiven. Well... That presents a problem because if someone has died, whether it was by their own hands or the hands of someone else, then their life has ended and there's no more opportunity for them to confess their sins and be forgiven. According to this school of thought, then yes, someone who kills themselves goes to hell. But let me be real plain here tonight. The Bible does not teach that. You with me? The Bible does not teach that. As a matter of fact, the Bible does not specifically or directly address the eternal destiny of someone who commits suicide. That being the case, we are left to find the answer by reasoning from what the Bible does address specifically and directly. In other words, we will answer 
what we don't know, as we often do on, on, on issues that are not directly and specifically addressed in the Word of God, we, we find out, we, we answer what we don't know by studying what we do know. Does that make sense? So if I'm going to find the answer to suicide, does, does someone go to hell if they commit suicide? Well, the Bible does not specifically address that, uh, so I don't know. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the Bible, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to study and find out what I can know. And then I'm going to base my conclusion on what I do know. And here's what I do know tonight. I do know that all men are sinners. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I know that sin leads to death or eternal separation from God. For the wages of sin is what, church? Death. Eternal separation from God. I know this, that the blood of Christ cleanses us from every sin. 1 John 1, 7. Those who trust Christ for their salvation, I know this, according to Ephesians 1, 7, are completely forgiven of all their sins. I know this based upon 1 John 5, 13. Those who trust Christ know they have eternal life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may, what? Know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And then I know this. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. We didn't look at those other scriptures, but I do want to look at these tonight. Romans chapter 8. Because here's something else that I know, church, and this is very, very important. And it's this, nothing can separate the child of God from the love of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, Paul lists a number of things that could separate us from God's love, but don't. Look at it. For I am persuaded, absolutely, 100%, positively convinced, Paul said, that neither what? What? Death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have here a successive list of extreme opposites, height and depth, length and breadth, things that now are and things that are to come. But go back and look at the first two, uh, the first set of opposites in verse 38. Death and life. By life, I think Paul means all of the various 
experiences of life. That would be all of our difficult circumstances, all of our discouraging defeats, all of our frustrating days, all of our mistreatment by other people. Paul says none of these things can make God stop loving us. We never become unlovable to God. Sometimes we become unlovely but never unlovable. These things may take away our health. They may take away our wealth. They may take our joy, our friends, any influence that we might have. They may take our job. But listen to me tonight, church. They cannot take your salvation. You are secure in Christ. And just as the things of this life cannot take your salvation, neither can death. You know why? 1 Corinthians 15, death itself cannot conquer the child of God. The grave has lost its victory. Death has lost its sting. O grave, where is thy victory? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Paul uh, somewhat mockingly says in, in victory. Now, granted, death can and will separate us from things like our loved ones and our friends and our conscious life on this earth. And our accomplishments and our accolades. Yeah, death is going to separate us from all of those things. But we are not separated from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So question, is suicide a sin? Yes. Absolutely, because it breaks the sixth commandment. Will it send you to hell because you didn't confess it? No. Now stay with me. Not any more than stealing something and dying before it's confessed or coveting something and dying before it's confessed will send you to hell. Does that make sense? You can't cherry pick the commandments. If dying without confessing one will send you to hell, then dying without confessing any of those will send you to hell. Let's say a Christian teenager gets into an argument with his or her parents and dishonors them in some way and then storms out the house and gets into their car and speeds away and before they know it, they're involved in an automobile accident and they die. Do they then go to hell because they did not confess their sin of dishonoring their parents? No. 
Well, Pastor, what if they get mad and they drive head on into a semi on purpose? They've committed the sin of suicide. But before that, they committed the sin of dishonoring their parents. And they didn't get a chance to confess either one of them. And for us to say, well, they committed suicide, so they're going to hell. Well, what if they wouldn't have done that and would have been in an accident? Would they have gone to hell for dishonoring their parents? It's breaking a commandment. No. Are you tracking with me? Well, Pastor, do some people who commit suicide go to hell? Absolutely. But not because of the death they died. It's for the same reason that someone who dies of cancer or a heart attack or a drive-by shooting goes to hell. It's not because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's not because they were born with bad genetics. It's because they never received Christ as their Savior. That's the only reason anyone goes to hell. So the real issue at hand tonight is this. What have you done with Jesus? That's what's most important. Because our life, James said, is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Just this past week, Cammie, I hope she didn't mind me sharing this, but Cammie texted me and asked me to pray because a dear friend of hers suffered a stroke and was flown to a larger city in a larger hospital. And Tammy made her way over there as quickly as she could in hopes that she would regain consciousness and she could talk to her again about the Lord. Cammie didn't go to Colorado expecting her friend to die. Listen, we need to have the issue of salvation settled right now, tonight. Because the truth of the matter is, your next breath could be the last. Your next heartbeat could be the last. Your I love you to your spouse tonight could be your last. So, where are you at? with respect to your relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, what you do with Him now, in this life, will determine what He does with you in the next life. You receive Him in this life, He'll receive you into life eternal. You reject Him in this life, and he will reject you at the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20, and you'll be turned into the lake of fire. I'm not trying to scare you tonight. I'm just trying to be straight up honest with you tonight. 
There is no greater issue than the issue of salvation. And there is no greater decision than your Savior. Let's take a moment and, and look at some warning signs. According to the experts, and certainly I am not one of them, but according to experts, most people who commit suicide leave some trail that can be followed. Suicide rarely happens in a vacuum where there are no signs, where there's, there's no note left afterwards. Sometimes it does, I'm not saying that, but most often it does not. Certain warning signs usually pop up along the way, and sadly, there are times when those warning signs are not seen until we're looking back. And then all of a sudden, there it is, there it is again, there it is, there it is. The most obvious of these signs is when somebody starts talking, and, and, and many times it's just very vaguely and hypothetically about the issue of dying. And more specifically, about suicide. And normally what they're doing is they're beginning to become more comfortable with the thought of taking their life. So that's a, that's a good sign right there that somebody needs help. And many times their discussion and their bringing that up is a cry for help. Other warning signs might be sudden mood swings, growing bouts of depression, lack of concentration, withdrawal, changes in eating or sleeping patterns, negative thinking, self-criticism, overwhelming feelings of guilt or shame, extreme anger, growing paranoia, increased use of drugs and or alcohol, self-destructive behavior, Problems at school or on the job. A feeling of helplessness. A sudden change of behavior. Listen, we need to be attuned to these things in the lives of those around us. Our children, our parents, our friends our co-workers, our neighbors, our fellow church members. We need to be attuned to these kinds of things. Now, listen, you could take any one of those things that I just mentioned and still not be dealing with a suicidal person. Please understand that. Well, they just don't seem to be eating well. Maybe they're... Maybe they're thinking about killing themselves. Not necessarily. Don't, don't go overboard. 
Well, they've just really become moody of late. Well, don't, don't go overboard. But in combination and recurring over and over again over a period of time, that is a sign not to be ignored. And church, listen to me tonight. Always. Did you get that? Everybody say always. Always take talk or signs of suicide seriously. Never think, ah, they're just trying to get attention. Always take any talk or signs of suicide seriously. And if you personally do not feel like you can or you do not want to confront that person, then listen to me tonight. Call the authorities. Call their coach. Call their pastor. Call their parents. Call their counselor. Are you with me? Call somebody. Well, Pastor, I don't know if it's real or not. You would rather it not be real and maybe have to deal with some, with some fallout from that than for it to be real and ignore it and have to deal with the fact that, well, man, I'm, I maybe could have done something about that. Would you agree with that? So let me share a, a few closing thoughts with you tonight. And the first thought is this, that we are much more than the worst thing we've ever done. We are much, much more than the worst thing we've ever done. Listen to me tonight. There is not a sin that God cannot forgive. Besides the sin of rejecting Jesus. That's the only sin He can't forgive. Any other sin can be forgiven and, and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. There are a number of people who have, who have taken their own life because they've done something, they've hurt somebody, or they've, they've, they've lost their job, or they've, they've done something that, that to them is just inexcusable and unforgivable. But listen to me tonight, you are so much more than the worst thing you've ever done. The second thought is this, suicide is preventable, but our personal power to prevent others from taking their own lives is limited. Surviving family members and friends commonly suffer from feelings of 
extreme guilt or not being able to prevent a suicide. They, they feel a, a deep sense of failure because the person they loved felt unloved. And they wrestle with that. And they struggle with that. They hear the inevitable voice telling them that they could have done more. If only I had paid attention. If only I hadn't left the room. If only I'd stayed on the phone. If only I'd done more. But our personal power to prevent others from taking their lives is finite. It's limited. It has its boundaries. There are limits to what we can do. But by all means, do what you can do. Do everything thing that you can do but remember in the end all you can do is all you can do does that make sense preacher I tried I tried to, to get them to seek help. I tried to help them. I brought help to them. Pastor, I tried. Listen, at the end, all you can do is all you can do. Our limit or our ability to prevent someone from committing suicide is limited. And then thirdly, for those here perhaps who are struggling, right now as I'm preaching, they're struggling or have struggled with suicidal thoughts or feelings. And I don't mean to be trite here, but it's true. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And please listen tonight. If you struggle with depression, I want you to understand tonight that your illness is not your identity. Your chemistry is not your character. Depression is not who you are. It's what you have. Who you are, if you're a believer, is God's beloved. You have been accepted in the beloved and he takes delight in you you have a choice 
to be made well. But no one can make that choice for you. You have to make that choice for yourself. Yeah, but pastor, I, I'm ashamed. Well, I'm ashamed that sometimes we as Christians make people feel ashamed because they don't have it all together emotionally. Shame on us, church. God, help us to do better. And number four, listen to this. The worst thing that has happened to you doesn't have to be the last thing. Pastor, if you only knew the, the pain that I'm in, if you only knew the hurt, the shame, the embarrassment, I don't know about that. But I know that the worst thing that has happened to you doesn't have to be the last thing. You see, not all suicides are the result of depression. Sometimes suicide is the tragic outcome of a reflexive, impulsive action that a person would regret moments later if they had the chance. But in the midst of their disappointment or failure or betrayal or bullying or sexual abuse, they convince themselves that they'll never get through it. But I'll say it again. The worst thing that has happened to you doesn't have to be the last thing. There's help. There's hope. So please reach out to someone. Let those who love you help you and if you've not invited Jesus Christ into your life through salvation listen the Bible says plainly he is our hope I'm going to say tonight that that receiving Christ and being born again will just immediately change everything in your life because that wouldn't be true I'm not going to say tonight that you'll never be depressed again or you'll never struggle again or you'll never get out of balance emotionally again. I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to say tonight that life with Jesus is better than life without Him. So here's the invitation tonight as Virginia begins to play. If you've been affected by the tragedy of suicide, then I want to pray for you tonight. 
If you have contemplated suicide in the past or are contemplating it now, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're at the point in your life right now in that very moment because life is hard for you right now I want to pray for you I would never ask anyone after a message like this to raise their hands and acknowledge anything I'm not going to do that but I am going to pray for you tonight I want to encourage you to come Maybe there's somebody who you love who's struggling. And you've seen some recurring things in that list of, of signs, and you've you've seen some things that that now you're beginning to understand, and maybe they've hypothetically talked about suicide. Pray for them. Do what you can to help them. Let's stand our feet tonight. Father, 